Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's good, people? And welcome to the Everyday Hustle. The show that explores the five most important days that have changed the lives of the world's best young creators, entrepreneurs, and inventors. With new guests on the show each week, they'll be telling us their incredible stories and their everyday hustle. If you're on a journey, need some inspiration, or just want to hear from some of the best young minds around, then subscribe wherever you are listening to this. Follow us on our socials at Everyday Hustle Show on Instagram and ED Hustle Show on Twitter. This is the Everyday Hustle. Our guest this week is none other than filmmaker and businessman extraordinaire, one of the UK's youngest feature film directors and ex-hot tub salesman and old school friend of mine, Jack Spring. Welcome in, man. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Very well. Thank you. Very well. You have done the journey down to come and join us. Thank you so much. No, it's cool. It's cool. Um, Yeah. Started this morning in York, um, some 200 miles away. which is long enough, and then M25 didn't work this morning. Um, so I had to come <laughs> it, through it London at Rush Hour. It didn't it was, work. Oh. It was not fun, but we're here. Yeah, we're, we're we are here. here. We appreciate it, man. And can I just say that that accolade there is phenomenal. You should write my business card. Ex-hot tub salesman, <laughs> direct, UK's featured film director. That is amazing. It's um, an alternative alternative title. Um, yeah, it's a different way into the, mm. the world of making movies, yeah. but you got to find a way to do it. Yeah. And that was our... Uh, it's a cool story to talk about. It's yeah, well, we will get into that. I'm excited for that. So um, it's been a while, me and you. I mean, I mean we go way back. Even, yes. even back to like my eighth birthday party where you full on broke your leg. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was wow, fun. That was intense. That was fun. My yeah. mum um, my mum sued that leisure centre. <laughs> it was bad. I, so I, I, to the present day, I'm six foot nine and a little bit. But even back then, I was very, very tall. Yeah. And I was too tall to go in that play area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got a free television out of it. Yeah. Ah, get Marvelous. in the results. I, I've been an entrepreneur since day one, I say. <laughs> <laughs> I was warning you, man. Like, I mean, the girls were playing Kiss Chase. It just wasn't working. And then all of a sudden, that was it, Jack. Oh, especially Pretty when cool. I walk in there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they were running, man. running. Riot, riot. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jack Spring, and this is my everyday hustle. My first day is the 21st of March, 2015. Right, what happened, man? So I, I met two gentlemen called Scott and Sid on the 21st of March 2015. Yeah. Um, which, if I was to single one day that completely changed my life, it would be that day. Okay. So, story. Picture it. Yeah. Um, I am a student at the University of York coming towards the end of my first year studying film and TV. I've made loads of short films and always made movies and loved it. I you know, kind of did it every weekend. Um, I then see this opportunity a few weeks before this date... Um, this feature film that's shooting in York and not many feature films get shot in York so that was exciting um, and they're looking for runners so I'm like oh I've got a load of time over summer this will be fun hmm. so I, I sign up and I get a call from Sid who's the producer Scott is the director of the film um, and they invite me in and you know we have a chat and within literally a few minutes I think they can see that I probably made more content than a lot of people that they'd met 
um, and kind of shared a very, very similar mindset to them. And they, they essentially just had a half an hour chat with me that completely changed my life. You know, really? it completely just opened up this new like war chest of mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, and these guys were only they're only about ten years older than me. And they'd, you know, they didn't do a traditional film school route. They didn't go to university. And they're, they're two guys from Bradford, so they got Yorkshire accents. And so, like, they don't sound uber intelligent. But <laughs> yeah. these, these are, like, the two brightest guys I've ever met in my life. You know, the way that they think. Yeah. And, you know, they just explained to me, I don't have to do this film school route. This film school, you know, university route won't work. Um, you know, just look at the numbers. It won't. And was, uh, that, was that the first time that anybody had said anything like that to you? Yeah, yeah. Point? I mean, I, I had kind of, like... Two weeks into the course, I realised it was not good mm. and not going to be worth my time uh, or money. But I didn't really have an alternative. You know, I didn't even know, okay, so you drop out of university, you're then a university dropout, big stigma. Yeah. What do you do? What's yeah. your next step? Well, I didn't know that there was a next step. I thought that was the only route. You know, the only way that the film industry would take me seriously is if I had my film degree. Yeah. Um, and I spent a load of money getting it um, to kind of show this commitment. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was the first time anyone had ever kind of talked about this different route you know like at school they were very much you know the, the, their agenda is to send as many kids to university as possible it's yeah. you know what their teachers paid off basically well i mean this is one of the things um which i think is interesting breaking into any industry is the fact that university from a school perspective that is it they just want to send you they're, they're doing it for the numbers for themselves yeah. I, I tell you what one one funny thing not once did anybody at my school uh, like in, in the teaching body did they suggest to me oh why don't you go to a university abroad or why don't you consider going into this line of work um, it, it was a case that if you have got the grades and you're quite you know intellectual then you need to go off to university yeah and I think a, a, quite a large part of it probably comes down to the fact that that's what teachers have done mm. you know that quite often they have not spent a lot of time in kind of real industry, if yeah. you like. You know, like teaching is obviously mm. a real industry, but you know, if they're teaching film at high school, they've probably not been a film director. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's all they know. And you know, that they've been in that system and the system that you know encourages you to go to university. Yeah. And I remember, you know, like from from the age of like ten, thinking that you know university was good and I should be going there, and that was my aim. Yeah, and I'd do everyone proud if I went so I did and you know like, I made the choice to go you know I, I wasn't forced to go and yeah you know if I didn't want to go I'm sure everyone would have been pretty supportive but no yeah. one really sat down and said oh for your industry Jack there is this other way this is it yes yeah, so that is it is being exposed to those um opportunities and that that obviously leads us into having the right role models because obviously you met Scott and Sid um if they hadn't have said that to you that day where would you be now oh it scares me yeah, I have no idea. I like it, it was almost like they just needed. I needed someone like them just to unlock everything that was in this treasure chest. Mm. You know, like I, I, I think like just because I had such a passion for it, was making a load of stuff mm. that I was probably ahead of everyone. You know, in terms of, I, I think filmmaking. The more you do it, the better you are. Mm. You know, so just by the sheer volume of stuff that I made. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's like playing a guitar. The more you do it, the better you get. You start off rubbish and you get better. Um. But I, I don't know where I'd be. I assume I would probably just have finished university last year yeah. and would be kind of scrambling around looking for internships yeah. and stuff. See, and, and which most of our friends are doing right now, you know, because yeah. we're of that age where, you know, we, we've kind of come off the... All, all our friends now are graduating and coming to us, asking us in, in our industries, you know, what can I do to get work experience? What can I do to get these things? But actually, I think that's one of the problems, isn't it? Like, if we actually have that from younger you know, be, be exposed to those opportunities and alternative routes as opposed to following... Because you could go to film school, right? 
you could go to film school and what's going to make that different from the person next to you that's still going to that film school exactly. you, would, you would need to do something different yeah, so to you, get to where you want to be you yourself 50 grand in debt and you, you on paper they're exactly the same as the other 50 mm. guys and girls in a year mm. and you know like people send CVs to us all the time you know looking for work on set and all they've got is their degree yeah and I don't, I don't think it's a naivety on their part, but I think, again, like even for university, um, they probably get the impression that their degree is going to get them their 10 million budget, someone's just going to prop it on their lap one yeah. day, and that's how it works. It's a dream world. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, but that's how I thought it worked until Scott and Sid sat me down mm. and kind of, you know, within half an hour, you know, changed it all for yeah. me. And, you know, I feel I feel sorry for these guys that are kind of, you know, the university is right. You know, if you need a degree to get to where you want to go, if mm-hmm. you're chasing the dream, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've got a lot of time for you. You know, if that's what you have to yeah. do and you are passionate enough to do that, great. You know, got all the time in the world for you. But I think a lot of people go you know, because they're in an unfortunate position where they don't know what they want to do. And this is it. And yeah. it buys them three years of not having to think <clears throat> about real world stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's fine as well but then when it comes to that unfortunate point where you where, you know at the end when you've got yeah. to graduate and you've got to come out and you've actually got to go and step into the big wide world out there and and get yourself a job and get on your feet into the industry that you want to go into yeah uh, it comes as a shock to the system to most people in an industry like any pretty much anything in media where you don't need a degree to get into it mm-hmm. just doing them three years doing it in industry because mm-hmm. that's how you learn you know like it's so obvious when someone yeah. says it you know like how do you learn to make you know, like how how do you become a good filmmaker? You just make films. Yeah. You know, and get how, a camera, go film yeah, it. Yeah. How do you like be a good guitarist? You just do it and practice. Yeah. You don't have to go to university and write about music. Mm. That's not how you learn to play guitar. No. You know, like it's exactly the same for film. Yeah. Work. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. There's just you know like a lack of people telling you that, which looking back was is quite frustrating. My day two is the 21st of June 2015, the day I took the leap of faith and left university. Wow. Big left move, education right? forever. Big move, Scary. Man. Scary. How did it go? Um, it was a bit of a large argument with the head of the course, to be honest. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so, so I started working on Scott and Sid and then they told me that I couldn't do that, you know, because I had to focus on an essay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at university, in your first year, you need 40%. You know, which I I got forty four percent. Oh, just saying. Oh, well, just I could have done four percent more socialising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, jokes on me. Really. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. Th- so they weren't happy that I was doing that, and I was like, I'm working on a feature film. You know, like yeah. even as a runner, whatever. Like this is no. great. I'm learning so much more in like the the one day I've done on that now. They weren't interested. No, they were like, oh, I don't you shouldn't do that. You got essay coming up. It's like what? Yeah, like, that just doesn't make sense. Come on. Okay, so talk me through the process. So you just woke up one morning and said, right, that's it. I'm going to march in there and I'm going to walk out. Sort of. It took a you know a few days of deliberating. So after mm. the Scott and Sid chat, it was like an atomic bomb went off in my head. Yeah, I, like, yeah, yeah. I, I remember like that night I was due to go out and didn't because I just wanted to think about what they said. Yeah. And one of the the big things that they said was quit university. You know, basically go away, find some finance, and make a movie. That was the fire, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was like okay, that's got me thinking because mm. I I, I want to leave, and now there's an excuse to do it because someone's telling me. You know, yeah. so if it, if it if it was wrong, I've got I was not to blame. I just went in and had a chat with the head of head of the 
I think it was the head of the year. Um, <laughs> I just got this image of six foot nine, Jack Spring, hyping himself up in the mirror, in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> About to walk in. It wasn't I far off. It, out. Oh it my wasn't days. far off. But, it, you know, I, I wanted it to be a nice, sensible chat. Yeah. You know, like one of the things on my agenda was like, okay, so I'm thinking of leaving. Mm. I don't like the course, you know, <laughs> to be honest. I don't like the people on it. I don't like anything about it. Can I make a feature film as well as stay on the course? Yeah. You know, I was quite naive to how much yeah, of yeah. a commitment and time-wise that would be. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my options. And B, if I make this feature film, will the university be of any help? Because yeah. obviously they've got like cinema quality. Yeah, they've stuff. got access, man. Yeah, they've got you know like, great cameras, great mm. sound stuff. They've got you know. In retrospect, it would have saved me about thirty grand on the movie oh, if they said yes. At point, right. yeah. If they, oh, nice if they had said yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like the uh, so I, I walked in and it's like like a scene at James Bond. This guy's like, you know, this guy, <laughs> this guy's like literally like not like he's, his back is facing me and he's looking out of his window behind him and he's got he <laughs> won like on his lap. Uh, he won, he's got like his children's BAFTA that he won for something like twenty years ago and he's like stroking. <laughs> um, and, um, and 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 I say, you know, I, I have that conversation and he, he literally, he, he turns around back to his window and he's like, ah, oh, Jack, I had a friend that made a film really young once. He never made one again. <laughs> right. I was like, man, like, just like on a customer service level, right? <laughs> you know, I'm just giving you nine grand for something that isn't worth 200 quid. All right, so I've already mugged off. Yeah. Massively. And then you're so rude. You know, I just can't, I can't stand two things in life. Rude people. Yeah. Because there's never any, there's never yeah. a need for it, yeah, yeah. and people that punish intuition. Yeah, and he was doing both at you know, the same time. Yeah, so that yeah. got me. So, particularly so, what, so what, what was the response to that? And then, like, I, I a little little backtrack before this. Yeah. this, this was the same guy that I, I used the university's tripod, and it's like a cheap one, like yeah. thirty quid, yeah, sort of thing. And I won. It was like I made this sixty second film, and it won some award at a festival, and I won. I got like two hundred quid, and because I'd used this thirty quid tripod, the university wanted all the money. What? Yeah. And I was like, what sort of claim is that? I, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, come on, like, again, like, punishing intuition. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't think a kid had ever, like, even done that. That's like, like if you want to be a filmmaker, that's a pretty basic thing, you know, make yeah, a 60 yeah. second movie with, like, bad equipment. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, like, I was like, come on, you're just, like, putting kids off doing this. Yeah, so I was already, like, wound up. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so, um, and then back back to the, the, the I'm leaving meeting, I just told the guy to. F himself. Um, <laughs> Certainly. Um, so we'll, you was going we'll, yeah. in. Let me get this right. So you was going in and you was like, oh, I'm just going to ask him, you know, can I do this possible option? Can I do that? Is yeah. It, would this be... It was quite know, a soft a, a, conversation. A, a solution to the situation. And then you go in and tell him to fuck himself. Yes. Yeah. You missed out the middle part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in a roundabout way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and, you know, I kind of walked out with disdain. Yeah, I guess, and that, and that was it, really. Man, that, well, that's that's a that's a turning point. That but it, yeah. would you say that you know those no's there are as important as the yeses that you get today? Oh yeah, like, literally. When we when we made the movie, we were living in this house, and on the the ceiling, as I woke up mm. every morning, I had this picture. Mm. Yeah, just of him. This kind of sounds like a it's little weird, uh, serial killer weird. plot right going No, on, but yeah. like, you know, when someone says something like that to you, you've, got, you've then got such a motivation, not yeah. only to make the first one, but to get a second one going. Exactly. You know, it was like, you know, and, and I'm going to send the dude uh, two tickets to the premiere next month. And I, bet, <laughs> I bet you there's two empty seats. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to turn up for that one. <laughs> He's no like... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the next day is August the 2nd, 2015, so a month and a bit after mm-hmm. I left university. Uh, and this is hot tub day. This is the this is the so I'll set the, the moment, I'll set the scene. Go the, on. the night before on. <laughs> we've been out on a heavy one in Leeds. Get in. Um, wake up the next morning. It's a boiling hot day. We didn't open the window, so it's like really hot and Winning. the sun's coming through. Oh, B-O, oh yeah, it's not fun. On my mates like mum and dad's floor. Yeah, the front room. I was, oh, I was scrolling through Facebook and my friend Kenny he bought one of these. You know the little blue Intex paddling pools that you get. Like yeah, blue yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He bought one of them, and I was like, "Oh, I wouldn't mind being in one of them." <laughs> yeah, so I googled how much they were, and they were a lot cheaper than I thought they were. They're okay. like fifty quid or something. Oh, Ooh. and I'd seen, I'd have no idea, but I knew inflatable hot tubs existed, mm-hmm. and I got no idea how I knew they existed, but I knew they did. And so I googled, "Oh, uh, that, that sounds better because it's yeah. warm water." <laughs> um, so I googled them, and they're like five hundred quid, and I'm like, you know, just finished being a student, have no money. No, yeah, you know, like. And then I wondered, like, okay, I'll get bored of that, and I can't afford it. I wonder if I can rent one for today, because that'd be nice. Yeah. Or tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I Googled, like, inflatable hot tub hire, you know, Leeds, York, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's loads of people doing it, so there's clearly money in it. Yeah. But they all look dodgy. Oh, yeah, they're so, all, like, yeah. blokes with vans that you have to <laughs> ring on their plus four four number yeah. or at hotmail.com email address. Like blood stains on yeah, the exactly. side and, and on stuff, such, yeah. like, a hygiene-sensitive industry that is commercial aquatics yeah uh, <laughs> you know like you, yeah cleanliness and stuff and looking good is a big thing You're making this sound like a really really uh like complicated company oh <laughs> like, man, oh, man. The, so many the strings trials to it. and tribulations <laughs> of running an inflatable hot tub hire company there's a movie in that um so i, I just had a bit of a light bulb moment you know, like yeah. if I, you know, I, I had this vision that I would monopolize the inflatable hot tub hire company in the north of England, yeah. um, the industry, and um, that's what we did. You know, so we light bulb moment went off. I was like, right, let's make a very clean looking website where you can book online. We have mm-hmm. an 0800 number, you know, a proper domain on yeah, the email. Yeah. And you know, it all like it's the clean look, isn't colour it? palette yeah, yeah, yeah. and like nice logo and you know, like you stick your logo on the hot tubs and everyone the staff are wearing t shirt. I just had this vision, I was like, Oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah. And then like literally like the same day or the next day, my granddad, he's very, very generous, he sent us like a couple hundred quid or something. I was like to all the Touch. grandchildren. Yeah. So I was like, Oh wow, this is like meant to be. Yeah. So me and two mates clubbed together and uh, we bought a hot tub. And like that, you know. There you go, Jack. Spend um, it wisely. Yeah, and one one of them knew how to make websites on Squarespace, so he um, he made a website on Squarespace, yeah. and we integrated like a booking portal, and mm-hmm. we did all the branding, and yeah, it was like we set it all up properly, and then you know we bought like a hundred quid worth of like Facebook advertising credit, yeah, and just started advertising, and, and it and it took off. Yeah, and like by the next weekend, we had like enough for two hot tubs, and then 
a couple of weekends later, another three, and then like, and this, oh, this, this, this all happened like over summer. So it's hot in the world with hot tubs. Yeah, well, we started this company thinking, oh, you know, a there's probably a bit of money in this because mm. loads of people are doing it. The B, you know, I was still living in York for the next year. I signed yeah. my house, so I was still essentially going to live a student lifestyle for a year. Yeah. We're going to be the coolest non-students <laughs> ever. Yeah, we're going to have girls around 24-7. Oh, this is going to be great. Um, turns out all of our customers are middle-aged women. Yeah. All of them. Oh, like, literally, great. Well, I don't think we yeah. ever delivered one to, to someone who wasn't a middle-aged woman. But yeah. middle-aged women are great because they're the most avid users on Facebook. It sounds like you've adjusted uh, the settings on Tinder once oh, or yeah. twice before. Once <laughs> this, once this, uh, market market research. Yeah. How would you like a hot tub? Um, but yeah, and, and like we, we then, once we realised like middle-aged women were booking with us, mm. uh, we did like lots of research into the psychology of internet use by middle-aged women. Yeah. As you do. Um, and, you know, it turns out that even if middle-aged women have this weird kind of like complex where even if they had a terrible time with something they've spent money on... Yeah. They don't like other middle-aged women knowing that they've wasted their money. It all goes out to like cavemen right. stuff. Like they don't yeah, like yeah. knowing that they've wasted their their resource. No. Um, so they all would change their profile picture to them in their hot tub. Yeah. Even if they hated it and it flooded their house. <laughs> um, we had a few of them. They were fun. Um, you know, they, they, and, and you know, they had our logo on the side and yeah. you know, had a great time. With and the staff member with the with the logo yeah, yeah, on the top. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was great. And you know, so we did it for a few weeks in York, and then by the end of the summer, I don't know, so the end of August, our, our mate. He was down in Bristol, mm. and you know we were always very vocal about how well it was doing. Just because I wanted to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a uni dropout, but yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> How's your summer? Yeah, um, and um, yeah, then he was like, oh, can I do it in Bristol? I was like, okay, yeah, we've got enough money for like to buy a couple of hot tubs and send you down there, and we've got yeah. like you know these magnet things to put on his car and franchise him. Yeah, yeah, we did it, and we did it far too quickly. You know, like in retrospect, you know, by within. 18 months we had like nine cities or something Jeez. Um, which was bad like you know like we learned with hot tubs the, the best thing to take out of it A it made the film happen and B we learned a lot yeah you know like we didn't make that much money yeah you know in so reality it's funny you mentioned that like how, how does this then turn around and link back into you pursuing a, a career in, in feature film directing yeah so between between dropping out of uni and uh, starting the hot tub company, uh, we tried to get money in for our feature film. You know, Scott says Scott Sidder said, "Go away." You know, this is how you raise money for a feature film. These mm-hmm. are the the various kind of tax things that will help you out. So you've got some of your budget. Yeah. Um, now go away and find some rich people and convince them to put money in. How oh, sounds so simple? Yeah, so simple. Yeah, but we, you know, we didn't know. We we now knew how you know how film finance worked, and you know, we we made this big fifty page PDF thing, a business plan basically. Um, you know, telling people how great it was going to be, um, but we didn't know any rich people. Yeah. I just didn't know, and like, I think usually I'm quite glad. Usually, you're like the first question I get asked on stuff is like, "So have you got a rich dad or an uncle who like a little hand owns Universal yeah. or something?" Like, but no, like you know, we we literally had nowhere to turn. No. Um, hot tubs, you know, grew over a year or so, and then um, you know, we we were always, as I said, we were always very vocal about it on Facebook. Mm. And a guy with money saw, yeah. you know, we were looking for investment for another city. Yeah. And um, he ended up being the first one to put, you know, a pretty large sum into the movie. Oh, what a touch. Um, yeah, you know, we were getting a little bit from, what you know, we were getting like, you know, lumps of like two, three grand from students. But, yeah. you know, nine months in, we'd raised, what, 10 grand? And mm. yeah, you probably could make a movie off 10 grand, but yeah. not the movie that we wanted to make. You know, yeah. it wouldn't really look like a proper movie yeah <laughs> um, but yeah you know and then once the first big lump of money came in we had like half our budget then it was quite a little mm. bit easier to convince other people you know to put the rest in because someone had taken that leap of faith 
day four um, for me was the 1st of February 2004. Um, my dad got made redundant and thus four had a large amount of spare time. Oh, wow. Um, so we, and he made a movie called M25 The Movie, which was deliberately the worst film ever made. <laughs> and he still gets orders. It's still on Amazon. And he gets like, no. yeah, it's only on like VHS, but he still gets like the odd order from Ukraine. Some strange man in a... You know, like a flat above a chicken shop watching M25 of the movie. Um, so he, you know, he just used to make these you know, little movies when, you know, cameras were new and stuff, you know, kind of access, not, not when cameras were new back in no, the yeah. 1920s. He, he, but, no, <laughs> like, you know, like you, you had like a handheld camera at mm. home and I remember he had like a big polystyrene case for it and we used to play for it because mm. you could do what you could do back in the day. You could plug it into the telly yeah. and then on the telly would be everything you're filming. Oh, oh wicked. Great fun. Um, but we used to make these stop motion animations like after school basically you know, literally when we were at school yeah. um, we used to come home and we'd make these figures out of like card and we'd get like sticks from the garden and we would do these little stop motion animations and yeah. like he during the day would have made like a set out of like uh, with all his spare time made yeah just like yeah. all these like really cool things we did like David and Goliath and we did like ones that we made ourselves like just completely so funny stories father like, son moments man. yeah but it was so it was me and my brother and my dad and i used to play like the keyboard so i'd like write the write the score oh. sing the theme tune write the theme tune um and yeah like harry like my brother used to like do the alien voices because he oh. was like four at the time or something nice. um and yeah no it was really good fun so i guess that is what kind of got me into film mm. and then i didn't really do anything um for five or six years and then I got my own little digital camera game changer right yeah here we go you know the digital age came around and I used to make these stop motion animations again where I remember doing one in my mum's kitchen where I'd light a load of candles and then you know move them slightly take another picture yeah but I don't know why I chose candles because they were hot yeah. and every time you moved them they got hotter and like wax when they were oh, nightmare um, yeah, health and safety guys okay <laughs> yeah that was, that was my first kind of like by myself project and it sounds like quite like, like your dad even going through the redundancy that he was an inspiration to where you are going today yeah it's where the creati- uh, creativity comes from definitely mm. like my mum's kind of like very very hard working mm. and my dad's very creative yeah not that he's not hard working yeah. but like that's his like main main attribute well I think inspirations for today I mean it can come from from many things it could come from you know people could get inspiration from this uh, podcast for example because I wasn't fortunate enough uh, t- to have my father around growing up um, but I think latching on to things that you're passionate about when there's certain things you know it, it comes down to really what makes you smile and what makes you want to you know oh this is my passion point yeah, I'm going to run yeah, with it yeah. but yeah yeah I mean like I, I guess I was like very very lucky you know in, in the you know, my, my upbringing mm. you know was very kind of stable um, and you know like really good like got very good family yeah and um, and you know luckily enough to kind of discover what I really want to do in life very very young yeah. you know which is not a lot of people get that lucky no you know my dad still says you know really he still doesn't know what he wants to do when he's older and he's like 52 <laughs> you know like people, uh, they, people, people go their whole lives you're as old as you feel yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think um, people say age is just a number but I always get creeped out by that but I think <laughs> yeah. age, age is a mentality yes age is a is way definitely. of thinking you know you're young as long as you kind of think outside the box and mm. think you can do something cool. Yeah. I don't know. There's a better way of putting it, but you yeah. know, like the the idea that anything is possible. You know, when you're like five, you want to be an astronaut. I wanted yeah. to be. I wanted to be a jockey. 
I was five foot two by the time I was four. Oh, I was never going to be a jockey. <laughs> but I wanted happen. to be a jockey. You came out. You came out the womb long. Exactly. I technically <laughs> gave birth to my mother <laughs> in, a, in a roundabout sort of way. Um, but but yeah, like, like as a kid, you know, like even even the way like I think you are kind of you were getting deep here, but you know, kind of like conditioned by society. Like we're sitting on chairs now. Why aren't we standing on chairs? Yeah, a four-year-old exactly. would be standing on it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're kind of like dumbed down and told what is normal. And I think I saw something, one of these inspirational things on Facebook. It said, the creative adult is the child that survived. And I think that's that's true, you know, or just the the adult that thinks a little bit differently to most people. Yeah. You know, because kids think like that. Absolutely. Kids kids don't wear a social condom that the rest of us do. So then finally, day five, okay? Let's imagine, you know, 10 years into the future, where does Jack Spring see himself going? It's a tough one, isn't it? It's probably like the hardest hardest question you know, to they, answer. They, they ask you that when you're in like year seven, like where, where do you want to be? Oh no, when, when you're coming more towards the end actually in secondary school, where do you, where do you see yourself in the next five years? And when they, when they ask you that, literally you can come out with anything because I tell you what, I never eight years ago imagined myself doing this, yeah. never in a million yeah. years. So. Um, for yourself, yeah. Where do you see it? Where do you see it leading? Um, yeah, like I, I guess if you asked me that two years ago, I never thought I'd be sitting here, you know, doing what we've done. I've just been mm. incredibly lucky to meet the people that I have, you know, at the right time. You know, yeah. Just a, a series of very fortunate events have, you know, like left me in, in you know, quite a lucky position. Um, but hard work and graft on the other side of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Um, you know, but yeah, yeah, you know, a mixture of the two for sure. Um, but. I don't know. I guess I, you know, I've got another company now. You know, all the mistakes that we made with hot tubs, mm-hmm. um, we learned a lot from very, very young about business, and we've, you know, transferred that into a new company which is growing. Um, really cool. It's called Gigwana. Cool. Gigwanalive.com. And yeah, you know, that's growing really. You know, that's over in the US now. So uh, you know, I want to you know, be like an international warlord. Uh, with with that again, very subtle, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so yeah, get that kind of like big because that's fun. You know, I am a filmmaker, but I do business as well because it's fun. Yeah, because because you know, I don't know why. I don't know why they they usually don't go hand in hand. You know, being a creative uh-huh. and being business. Um, but I think because I came up with that hot tub idea and sort of had to do a business. It's a bit, it's a bit exciting, isn't it? It's an exciting industry. It's an exciting yeah. sort of um, yeah. world to step into. It just means you never turn off though. Like yeah. I saw another another thing on Facebook. I'm okay. saying too much on Facebook. <laughs> that, that holiday is just a state of mind, oh, which I agree. Yeah. yeah. But like I'll go sit on a beach and still be wanting to work. Exactly. You know, like, you, you, exactly. You don't it get takes that. a little while to unwind. Yeah. And and you know like I. I want to make. I want to be able to be in a position where I get an idea that I really, really like to make a movie, mm. and can make it happen pretty easily. Yeah, you know, like we had to graft for the first movie. You know, like a eighteen months of raising finance, yeah. and then you know shooting a movie on one hundred fifty k. Sounds like a lot of money, but yeah. in the film world, you know, that gets you your hotel rooms and some PG tips. Yeah, and not much else. <laughs> isn't it? Um, so yeah, you know, I want to be in a position where I come up with an idea and I get that like fire in my belly and. Yeah you know, without having to put years and years of convincing other people that it's going to be great, yeah, I can do it. You know, because I think that's like every kind of like, I hate like people call filmmakers artists. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And they call business people entrepreneurs. Nah, yeah. I don't like it. But like any kind of like artist, I think having, you know, the the barrier between it in their head and making it happen in the real world, Yeah, I think for all of us, the, the you know, the, the easier that is, great you know i think you know that that's what i really want so 10 years in how many films do you have under your belt oh 
I don't know. Well, I want to do three. I want to shoot three in the next two years. And we, we know. We know. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's an average. That's, a, that's yeah, a high that, expectation. That, that is a high average. You know, considering the first one has taken us from idea to being done three years. Okay. Um, you know, like we, we've got the money in for the next one. That we're doing at the end of this do you year. find it gets shorter the amount of time it takes to to actually get it done? I don't know. I've only done one. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Like, you know, the, this one's taken so long, A, because it took us, you know, like a year and a half to get mm-hmm. the money in. And then it's taken us basically a year and a half again to get it finished because yeah. we raised half the budget before we shot. Yeah. And then we've raised kind of, you know, in, in small increments enough for post-production. So we've been, you know, got some money in, do a bit of post repeat and you yeah. know like and it's still even even after you've shot a movie it's not easy to get money in yeah. i thought oh yeah we can make a nice little trailer yeah people will be queuing up yeah but no you still got to find rich people which is still what we struggle with now a lot of people looking to go into that industry um can learn a lot from well you've learned a lot from ex- other people's experiences they can learn a lot from your experiences if you was to give three things three things that everybody listening to this show no matter what area they're going into not no matter what industry what what job or passion point that they're pursuing um if you could give them three simple tips, what would it be? Chase the dream. Chase the dream. Dream chase. I yeah. actually have dream chaser tattooed on my Get arm. It? Oh, with, yeah. with a little rocket ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Little rocket ship. <laughs> you know, I was very intoxicated for both of them. But, <laughs> but it's still, but it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. the thought that counts, man. Yeah, well, like, I, I genuinely, you know, that's Scott and Sid's whole mantra is, you know, being dream chasers. You know, their movie is all about, you know, being a dream chaser yeah. and, you know, following that dream. And I think just do it you know everyone has a dream you just need to be ballsy enough to kind of you know not like almost admit to yourself what it is and say I'm going to do it you know what you don't want to be is you know 80 year old Jack looking back at 5 year old Jack you know while while you're on your deathbed thinking sorry mate I you know messed it up yeah you you don't want that you know know, that would be the worst feeling in the world you know like you look at what you know people think and say just before they die it's usually Mm. what I haven't done rather than what I have done yeah so number two I would say as soon as you work out what it is you want to do with life, just take the jump and mm-hmm. do it. You know, we're only here for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, things get easier the younger you do them. Um, you know, because once you're like 40, 50, you've got mortgage and wife and kids and stuff. Yeah. You know, that's when you've got to start thinking about money and the important stability. Things. And ooh, <laughs> ooh. Um, but yeah, you know, as soon as you work out what you want to do in life, do it. Otherwise, you'll regret it. And you know you will. Yeah. Like, we all know we will. You yeah, know, yeah, if, yeah. if I, you know, he's like, if I come up with a really good idea for a film and then I never do it, I'll regret it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I don't go to that gig that I really wanted to go to, you've got I'll nothing to lose. It. Exactly. You know, like, lose, yeah. and, and no one's going to have a go at you for, you know, even if you fail, yeah. you'll have a right good time. Yeah. Yeah, and you won't have that horrible what if. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's the worst feeling in the world, yeah. you know. Um, number three, just be nice to people. You know, try and be like a nice person because. You know, even if you look at it from a selfish standpoint, mm. you know, you never know who's going to help you out in the future. You know, exactly. I, or I, who, you, you never know whose paths might cross. Exactly. Right? Like we're sitting here today, you know, like having been, you know, relatively good mates at school, you know, age like up to 11 or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and you never know, you know, the amount of people that have gone out of my life and then come back in in a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, and have just done me a massive favour yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think just be nice to people. You know, hold the door open, ask how their day is. Just be nice to people, and then mm-hmm. you know people will remember that. Be a nice person. Yeah. A big thanks to Jack for coming in this week. You've done a pleasure. Thanks Cheers. for having me uh, and sharing your everyday hustle. 
I've been Tyler West. Do not forget to let us know what you think on social media. Leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or an app of your choice. Stay striving, stay hustling. This has been the Everyday Hustle, a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.